0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Speak Your Mind podcast powered by Torch Pro. My name is Tyler Smith. Join with me as always is my co-host Riley Cheyenne. Today we had the absolute pleasure of bringing on Olympic gold medalist, Aaron Ambrose. Um, I uh, I met Aaron a couple of years ago in Belleville, Ontario, um, instantly. I mean, we had an a- absolutely amazing day. We had a ton of fun that night. And um, I mean, obviously, bringing on Aaron, it was a pleasure just because, you know, Olympic gold medalist, but also, I mean, after reading her article in my own words, um, for anybody who was listening, please go read that article. Um, you know, just being able to really understand and uh, who Aaron is and, and, you know, what has, you know these past 10 years have been for her whether it's hockey whether it's mental health whether it's physical health i mean it was a it was a really fulfilling chat and i think we i mean we learned a lot and uh, i i really enjoyed it
1: yeah i think it's just uh her story is very relatable i think to a lot of people just um and that she's kind of fought with those thoughts of who she is beyond being a hockey player and um very relatable for me and i think I uh, I have a lot of admiration towards her story and um, what she's, what she's thought there and how she's, she's came out on top. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun talking to Aaron and um, hope
0: you enjoy. Aaron. Oh my gosh. It's been so long. Um, I think the last time we saw each other, it was in Belleville. What I think 2019. Uh, no, yeah, think 20- so. yep. 2019. Yeah. Wow. That's a long time ago. Lots to catch up on. Um, I don't know where Riley wants to start, but I mean, I got to start with the gold medal. Um, I mean, congratulations. Um, I've seen the, the tour you guys have been on, the Blue Jays, the, the Maple Leafs. I mean, kind of take us through these past, you know, however many months. I mean, if you can even put it into words.
2: Well, sorry. I will say that um, it's been a rough first week back in the gym. We'll start with that. That's, uh, that's where we're at after this whole whirlwind. But it's been pretty awesome. We came home. Um, I think we were home for like three days. And then 13 of us went down to Mexico for four days. Um, so where where in Mexico? Went to Cabo. Okay. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, and then it just started from there. But I did get hit with COVID when I got back. So it kind of it made me have to slow down just a little bit. But it's been pretty cool. Like we've had a our fair share of things as a team celebrating and then um actually had my girlfriend in town and we went to six between the Jays Leafs and Raptors we went to six games she went six for six and I was like you can't leave before the playoffs you gotta come back (laughs) Uh, it was pretty awesome it was a pretty great trip
0: wow yeah and then obviously um I would love to dive into the actual Olympic part. I think we'll do even a reverse kind of, I'd love to get an, obviously the Clarkson days, the college days and everything like that. But for now, I mean, um, I had a friend who played on the, uh, the Chinese men's hockey team and I mean, he said it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. Like, I mean, from your guys' perspective, obviously you guys are such a tight knit core group um coming into this i mean you know we all know the rivalry we all know that who you're going to you know kind of end up facing in the finals but talk us through um getting there and then actually you know like like wow you know we're here but it's very different than a regular olympics
2: yeah um i think the big thing was getting there um so we actually we got hit pretty hard with covid um in december we were supposed to have a three game series against the us down in the states and our third game got canceled um because of COVID because we had an outbreak so we got back to Calgary after the holidays and the holidays were different because we were all trying to be super careful and I think uh it ended up being like 16 people across our team with staff and players so um we got back to Calgary probably spent a week or so in my apartment there in Calgary and then they moved us into a hotel to like isolate us from human beings pretty much so we were to the rink and back um it was weird to think because we were Three weeks out from like our first Olympic Games, and we were back to practicing with like three other people on the ice. So it was stressful to get to the Olympics. Um, and then once we kind of settled in there to our routine, like there was so little COVID in our bubble at the Olympics that it obviously made the anxiety go down a little bit more with that. Um, but from what if,
1: what sorry? What would, have, what would have happened if someone? test positive. In the so program.
2: we had our assistant coach actually tested positive. And then we had a, another staff member that tested positive and they ended up not being able to come. Um, <sighs> so they tested positive on, I think it was like the 12th or something. Um, we ended up flying out on the 26th. Um, I don't think it would have quite been the same for us athletes. Like COC was going to work to make it happen. So athletes could be there. I think it was just a little bit, um, a little crummier luck I guess that it was staff members so it was like priority were obviously to the athletes but um it was just a matter of like getting there and then getting safely into the bubble um like we took some pretty big precautions the first probably three or four days and then um yeah. settled in so for us like I had never been to the games before so it was like I don't know what to expect but from what I hear, it was pretty cool for us to like, not have to worry about like, okay, I got to go see my family. I got to spend time. Like our off days were just with each other, which was kind of cool. Like it was made it a lot of fun. And like Ty, you mentioned it, like we are a very tight group. So it made it even more special.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, um, what, like, sorry, what would have happened if you guys test positive in like at the, at the games. Cuz game. that's what all the guys were saying like when there's the whole um like when the NHL was still maybe going, guys were like, "Well, what happens if you get cuz they were saying like you you might have to stay there for like another 3 weeks or something."
2: Yeah, like we heard that. Um I don't think it was fully true. Like I think it was yeah. a little bit of a scare tactic. Um it was like so we had I don't know of anybody actually like athletes wise, but like you just got taken out of the village and just put into like a different, it was still like it. Cause they originally said like, if you test positive, you're going into a hospital, like you're going to be isolated in a hospital, which wasn't the case. That was only if you actually had like severe symptoms, but if you were experiencing no symptoms or minor symptoms, like you were just placed in a hotel. So it wasn't like, it was like the end of the world. And then COC had like a bunch of, I guess, contingency plans on if you tested positive, like after you were done competing in order to get back home. So you didn't have to actually stay three weeks. Like I understood the severity of it, but I think that it was taken to obviously another level to, it just sucks for the guys. Like that, that's a huge reason why they didn't want to go. But I don't think it actually would have ended up being like that.
1: How about, um, on the ice like with the lack of fans in the building and and things like that like I remember just recently actually we were talking I was talking with Yanni Gord about it when they won the cup um, during the COVID year and just talking about like obviously the the energy that the fans bring but he almost said like you're so like engaged with each other and like you're so in the moment of what's going on on the ice and how the guy well for us how the guys are playing for you how the girls are playing and um it's almost like that excitement doesn't really change that much during the big moments of the game and stuff like he's like you're you're at such a high stakes in a high stakes environment that you're just so dialed in
2: yeah like you're still competing for the same thing right and that was kind of one of the things that I said when so many people were coming out and being like oh like it's going to be so different for them like excuse me the NHLers like to not have fans and I'm like if you can't perform without fans then like what are you doing? And pro- like, you, you wouldn't be in pro yeah. hockey. Like, it's also different for us too. Like, we're not used to pack buildings. Like we get it every so often. Um, like I could understand for you guys, like, especially the Stanley cup finals. Like I went to the Leafs game last on Monday night and I've never seen the ACC like that. Like, it's like, I get it because it would be such a contrast of what you guys are used to. But for us, it was just like, okay, like another yeah. thing, the rink was also really weird too. I don't know what it would have been like if there were fans, but, even for our gold medal game like finland was in the house like we had a lot of athletes that came and watched like and then there was it was actually really comical i think it was during our practice there would be like just if you were like a certain chinese citizen you could like apply to a lottery to get tickets to the games and stuff but you had to be like working in the government or something and we looked up and so those fans were there and then there was a ton of volunteers. And during our practice, I'm not kidding you, there maybe were 200 volunteers in the stand, 90% of them were asleep. Like it was like where they went to like go sleep. Like they were, we were laughing because like, we're like, do they not get a break? Like they come and watch our practice and all of them are passed out. And not like just like sitting up straight, like laying out, like we were like, well, this is how I feel sometimes too
0: oh my gosh that's so funny to like look up and see that oh oh, wow (laughs) okay so you obviously mentioned the gold medal game Uh, my girlfriend and I uh, watched that one so intently I mean incredible game Um, I personally think you guys dominated I didn't think it was you know but like how like how different is it obviously you know with the situation you guys were in, I mean, obviously you guys enjoyed the celebration, but like, as soon as you get off the ice is the first thing you do just text your, your family. Like, what was that kind of like, what was that like?
2: Well, for me, um, I was one of three that actually got drug tested. So I got drug tested right after the gold medal game. So walked through, we had like a long walk to go through media and stuff. So do media. And then, um, which is part of our obligation too, and the doping. Officer was like, No, you have to go test. And I'm like, No, you walk through with me through this. So I walked through and I got taken. Like, I'm not allowed in the dressing room to get unchanged. So I'm getting unchanged in the hallway. And I go and it was urine and blood. And I'm like, right now, right now, right now. So, <laughs> so did that forced you to
1: miss a little bit of celebration. I
2: missed almost an hour. Like, oh. yeah. And I like the wall was attached the room I was in, was attached to the <laughs> room. And I could just hear all the songs and I'm like knowing what's going on during all these things. And I'm like, no. Uh, and then they only had one person to do the blood. So then the blood took forever. And I was like, this, and I couldn't text my family yet. Like there was nothing I had. And I was like, this is killing me right now. And then I, by the time I got back in there, I was like, oh, I missed a lot. Yeah, I missed <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's awful. But it was oh. like- a- It was cool though, because it was a two o'clock game, I want to say, for us. Yeah. Or noon. So like we got out of the rink at like four o'clock and it was like the world is our oyster. Like
0: party time. Yeah,
2: it was pretty (laughs) awesome. That's like usually we get back at midnight and you're just like, okay, like you're going off adrenaline still. But it was pretty cool that it was that early in the day to just enjoy it and to be able to somewhat talk to family still. So
1: who brings the heat during the celebration like that? Who's can you develop, divulge uh, that information?
2: We had, I have, I have mentioned it, but we had two rookies that were, um, they were MVPs of the post Olympics for sure. I'm um, <laughs> cool. and Ashton Bell. And then uh, I don't think one of our goalie, Anne Renee, Debian, doesn't get enough credit. Like that girl, I don't think she slept for the four days after. Like she was just like, guys, what are you doing? Like, let's go. And we were like, and like, it's, it's 4am in the morning. Like not anymore, please, please. But it was, <laughs> Our our collective celebration that first night was pretty good. I just felt bad like Nurse Jenner and Pooh all had media for like three hours after work. Yeah. Then they had to they came back with us, so we celebrated in the dressing room, and then they had to go for media elsewhere. And we were like, okay, come back soon. So they walked <laughs> back, and we're like, oh goodness.
0: Yeah, yeah it's catch up time now. <laughs> uh yeah and then I mean Riley and I always definitely like diving into uh I guess you know young Aaron dreams goals um I mean you're in my own words article I mean like incredible like I, I have I mean so much love for you for putting that out I mean I was just I mean to be able to be vulnerable in that setting I mean I can't even imagine how many you know young errands you you probably you know impacted with that but i'd love to clarkson and you know going back to early days i mean obviously this was always the dream um but i mean as you look back on your university days like how how tough was that process i mean how how many times obviously i read in your article and there was a lot of times where it's like okay like i can't do this, you know like i'm like the academic side of things uh but once you kind of get to that university, I mean, Riley was a college athlete as well. And I mean, we want to talk about that contrast or that balance even, I mean, how was it kind of a shock to you once you got there to be able to balance everything?
2: Yeah. Um, balance is definitely not my, my forte. Um, I'm usually like all in on one thing and, um, like I've always been a good student. Like that was a hard thing for me to comprehend is like, through high school, I was always like on a roll. Like there was no issues academically. Um, But I got to college and it was just like, one, I didn't really know you should read the material before you go to the classes. Like, um, and two, like, it's so heavily weighed on tests. Like your marks are so dependent on how you do on tests. And I remember that first, that freshman year, first semester, um, I had to go to a senior camp in September. So I came in, I think like four or five days late, cause we had our August camp, our series. So I come in late from that. So I missed a little bit of school there. And then like two weeks later, I had to leave for September camp. So the week I was going was like pretty much midterm. So it was either I had to write exams before or I had to write exams after I went to camp. Neither one clearly helped me. Um, cause writing them before, like some of the material hadn't quite been covered yet in classes and then writing them after. It's not like I actually opened my books while I was at camp. So I bombed those exams and that's like really what really set me back. Um, But we were actually talking about it. I was at um, our friend who went to Cornell, her bachelorette this weekend. And when I was with uh, Jenner's wife, Haley, she, her and I were roommates in Germany. And I got an email saying I was on academic probation. And I was like, oh, guys, um, I don't know what this means. And Haley's like, uh, that means you're in trouble. Like you need to, so there was a lot of work that had to be put in afterwards. And it was just, again, finding the balance. Um, I think I was too into the hockey, too into relationships outside of hockey. And it just kind of bit me in the ass, unfortunately, but, um, as hard as I tried to work, like I got out of that hole for sure, but I don't think I ever really fully recovered. Like it's, hard to come back from a one five so um
1: yeah I know exactly I mean I feel like we have maybe very similar uh attitudes towards school and and for me like I just found like looking back at it and and I think like even like as as you're starting to see more and more like the the um the amount of work you have to put in as a college athlete is like burnout's a hundred percent real thing and I will like a tie i think we've shared a post recently about like the amount of like suicides coming from college athletes and it's scary uh how it feels like i don't know if it's just media access or or what but like starting to become more and more of a thing and it's like you go in as a for me i was 17 when i went in and you start working your body in a way you've never worked your body before physically like right away you're just hitting the gym and they're hard and it's a bit, a bit of a mental test too and then you have class and I mean sometimes when you're a Canadian athlete going through high school and the teachers know you're uh, invested in hockey you don't maybe have to put in as much work and um, you go to I mean a school that's maybe a little bit more difficult like you it's tough and you have all these then you have your social life where you're getting pulled in the direction you don't have parents around um, to tell you to bring back the reins a bit and you're partying and things like that. Like, I don't know. It's, it's tough to go in there sometimes. So i mean, I, I feel for you, like where you were at. And I think for college kids, if anyone listens to this, like just be cognizant of all those things and, and like therapy or getting help at that age, I think could be a huge tool and you're just so you learn some things about maybe like when to hold back and, when to give it cut yourself a break and when to maybe be a little bit more dialed into school just to learn those things because you're right, it's it's so difficult.
2: Yeah, it's such a hard balancing act. And like I think about the amount of times I would always bring my books with me on the road. I don't think I ever once opened them on the road. Like you think about it, we would leave Thursday. We'd skate in the morning, leave Thursday, be gone Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, bus back Saturday night we most likely weren't going out Saturday night cause we got back late, but like there goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday's your only real day to get, and you're missing classes while you travel. Like, it's just like, so you have three days, really three, four days to actually like really get stuff done. And it's like, most likely there's one day in there. You're just like, I don't have it today, which is yeah. fair. And that's understandable. And it's like, okay, now you're really starting to like, you got to really dr- drive in and like, make sure that you're making things effective and like taking that time but it's just like it's a lot to cram into not enough time in the day and like the amount of times when you're like okay like I know I got to do work but it's like you're physically and mentally just drained and you're like well i just be reading to read at this point yeah so it's tough like and I agree like there's been so many things that have been coming out about different athletes and you hate to see it but at the same time like it's not shocking. And that's what sounds so awful is like, it's not yeah. surprising because it's, it's health sometimes. And then throw in, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go finish what you're going to say. I uh, was going to say,
2: know. and then throw in like performance, maybe not going well, or teammates are being assholes to you. Or like, you just don't feel like you have that core group to fall back on. And like, there's, yeah. there's, you go down a dark hole, like, and you don't have people that pull you out of it sometimes.
1: Yeah. No, to add on to like all those external things, that can kind of gauge how you're feeling. Like you're going, you're moving away from your family too. Like for the first, I think that was one thing that was really difficult for me as I played juniors in my hometown at like 16, 17. And then I went away. And I was always in my hometown. I was always with people who I was really, really, really comfortable with. And um, there's always a lot of attention on me and, trying like people were helping with a lot of things and then you go away and you're not around those people anymore um and you're just at a developmental stage in your life where sometimes you do need to lean on people more than you think and I was lucky like I I had my dad and my dad came out to every game and my mom too pretty much and um but like if you're from further away where it's hard for your family to to make that trip like I mean just sharing my story like I I was really really close of just packing it in yep. after my first first or second week and you attribute it to homesickness everyone always says homesickness and I think that's a real thing but realistically homesickness is just like a good spell of anxiety and and depression like mixed together it felt like so just to be able to be relatable I think for people who do go through those those feelings like that's just kind of what
2: I dealt with I agree.
0: And in your article, I'm going to quote the shit out of your article because I honestly read it like two or three times and I've all like, so, yeah, right I mean, there. in in your article, it's, I mean, you literally put it in bluntly as let the wild ride begin. Um, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned there was an eating disorder involved. You mentioned that obviously anxiety really started to come, but you also mentioned that, you know, I I found that I I definitely numb my emotions with substances a little bit after the accident. And I also like numb the emotions with like, being able to make sure that everybody else is good around me, you know, like, I want you to be happy. Like, don't worry about me. I'm happy. Like, I'm okay. Um, But as you reflect back, like, do you do you see that? I mean, you not holding yourself accountable, same thing that I was, I mean, I wasn't holding myself accountable. Do you feel that people around you were seeing that and people around you were definitely starting to catch on. And I mean, for me, I mean, my relationships were starting to hurt. Like my, my relationships were starting to struggle. Like when my of mom looked me dead in the eyes in tears, gave me a hug and just said, you need to promise me, you need to help, need help. Or if you promise me that you're going to get help. I mean, that was the moment where it was like, Holy shit. Like it's not just me anymore. Like, this is really like my surroundings as well. Like was, did you go through, that kind of little moment I guess
2: um I don't know if I did um with any of my friends because I I feel like I was the person that my life was like a wild ride like I said but it was just like okay like around other people like they don't see it and like I've always been somebody that like my eating disorder was like a mix of my anxiety and not having an appetite. And then like me being very self-conscious and stuff. And I would say like the tough conversation came with my coaches, um, which obviously comes from a place of love, but I don't know if anybody like really understood exactly where I was at um, on the team, because I just like, I didn't want people to know. I didn't want people to see it. And I've always been that way. Like, for years, like I will, I I will jeopardize what I have going on, my performance, my happiness in order to help somebody else out. And that's how I've always been. Now I've started to learn a little bit more of how not to do that quite so much, but like at the same time, like that's what I want to do. So people won't notice about how I'm doing because I will put on a front to make sure that other people are doing okay. And I, not a good coping mechanism, obviously, because it usually comes back to bite you in the ass. But I do get a lot of happiness from other people being happy. So it was just my way of, again, masking it as much as I could. Um, and, yeah, it, I, I. I will say that people started to pick up on it, probably my sophomore year, but freshman year, not at all.
0: And it's weird because, like, even for me, I find that, I mean, obviously, I thought I was doing so good. At, you know, masking everything. You know, I thought I was like, I was like, nobody even knows. Like, I'm, I'm pushing everything back. My emotions are bottled up. Like, I don't have to worry about it. People around me don't have to worry about it. Um, but I mean, as you kind of, as you look back, like, as much as it obviously was a very challenging time for you personally, I mean, it's, it's hard because you also can look at the fact that, you know, you made it through, and you, and you are here. And I mean, I think you obviously can look back and be like, this is, I I can, I can kind of recognize my triggers more. Um, So, I mean, I'm not saying there was any, I guess, silver lining out of this, but like, as you kind of reflect, I mean, was this something that you just, you you kind of had to go through with yourself?
2: Yeah, I think so. And I, I am thankful because I think when I kind of hit a dark spot again in 2018, like it was like, some very different emotions so I think in that sense like I was like okay this is even more of like the depression was way worse in 2018 than it was it was more the anxiety and just the combination of everything else kind of um in years prior but like 2018 was like full-on depression like this is hell right now and I think that that was something for me like I took that from getting through 2018. And that's been what I kind of lean on. And I'm like, no, Aaron, like, you're okay. Like I can get through this stuff. And like, that was all I kept saying to myself this year with the Olympics and trying to make that dream come true was like, worse comes to worse. It'll be hell. But I'm like, I've done it before. I know I can do this again. If the worst case scenario happens with this outcome of not getting to the Olympics. And that was something I was so fearful of, but at the same time, I was like, hell, that's not who I was or that's not who I am anymore. Like that's four years ago, Aaron. And like, I've grown so much. I've learned so much. And like, I understand myself a lot more. Um, And it's allowed me to, I guess, teach my teammates a lot more about me too, which has really, really helped me. And especially when I'm having some pretty horrible days, it's no longer like, oh, she doesn't want to be here. It's like, hey, no, Aaron's having a day. Like it happens kind of thing
1: what from that time that like 2018 time that you're you you kind of speak of like what were some things that you leaned on or like um strategies that you learned that kind of helped you kind of get through those moments of depression
2: um even if it's
1: just like leaning on certain people or therapy whatever or like things you just do for yourself
2: yeah like I think it it got to the point where I was like okay I need to see um some therapists like I that year is all such a blur to me um more so like 27 I guess it was like I was cut in November of 2017 and um it it was I don't think I really made the changes until after they were done at the Olympics like I took those five months between um getting released and then kind of getting back in the program I was just like all hell like again a wild ride like it was just like I'm going to do what I want. Um, I was really, really bad. Like I pushed my family away and like, I am one of the biggest family people ever. Um, and that was probably the hardest thing is that like my, my parents didn't even know really how to help. Um, but I started seeing seeing a therapist in Montreal. I started doing a lot more work. I just started to like put more time and energy into myself. Um, and I honestly think like I, I bought a dog sitting here and he's like, (laughs) I always joke about it, but like he gave me something to focus on.
1: Can we and- see him? He's sitting right there.
2: Oh. Henry, come, come here, come here, come here, good boy, come. Good boy. Come. come, come here. No, don't stretch. Come, come here, come here. You lazy boy. Come, come, come here. Oh, come here. good, nice. You say hi. You say hi, good boy.
1: Henry. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sorry, we woke you up.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Henry. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay.
2: Um, But, like, he gave me something to, like, focus on other than myself. Like, it was, like, okay, I don't have to woe is me right now. Like, and even something, like, I will never forget. We went out one night, um, and it was when the girls were back in town. And I, like, called it quits early in the night, which is not something I ever do. And who looked at me and she's like you're going home already I'm like yeah I gotta get back for Henry and she's like well you've changed and I was like (laughs) but something simple like that like I couldn't just be freewheeling things anymore like it gave me a responsibility and as much as he's a pain in the ass sometimes like it is nice to have that responsibility and especially at that time because I was like no I'm raising a dog right now so like it it gave me things to do and um, he's definitely brought a lot of joy into my life for sure
1: nice that's awesome
0: and then, I mean, obviously you talk about, you know, hockey being your safe place. And I mean, arguably now, like, I mean, Henry's kind of your safe place as well, but I do want to touch on, this is an interesting question that just honestly came to mind for me. I mean, that centralization in 2017 was not an easy experience, you know, like, you know, not being able to fully reach your goal and your dream of making it to the Olympics that year. I, I can't, I can't even imagine, um, what do you think would have happened if you actually, you know, if you didn't get released? Do you think that, you know these these past couple of years would have, like you said, you know, I made the Olympics, like hockey's first. Like, do you think that you maybe? My mom is a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. I've said it on here a ton. Um, it's hard for me to fathom sometimes that that's you know a real thing, but I I, I truly do believe that. I mean, do you think that? that happened for a reason for you to allow yourself to the time and space to figure out, you know, what works for you?
2: Yeah, I I do think so. Like, I think if, if I would have made that team, like, uh, I I didn't kind of mention this Riley, but like, um, one of the best things that came out of not being named to that team was I went back when I moved to Montreal, I ended up starting, I started coaching at Concordia University, um, in which is, I get to coach with Julie Chu and Carol Wulet, who are two of the greatest female players ever in the game. And um, like, they are my friends now and they genuinely like, they understood me, they understood what I needed some days. And um, I think that piece, I got to fall in love with the game all over again because I saw how rewarding it was and like, what a difference hockey makes in so many different lives. Um, so for me, I honestly don't know if my career would still be going. Um, I think, and this is all obviously very hypothetical, but I I wouldn't be surprised if I would have made 2018 and just kind of called it quits after that, because I didn't love the game. Like I didn't love what I was doing. Um, it was like having a bad job that you just hate going to all the time. Um, and I think that we as a group have like made it so much more enjoyable to go to, but at the same time, like I changed my habits off the ice. Um, I changed like how I view myself and like I will be who I am regardless of who's on the team and who isn't on the team and I was very much I'll cater to who's around me kind of thing um which has allowed me more of like to be a leader and to like speak up because that's how I am I'm a very vocal person and I think it also like I would not have been nearly as successful personally like I would not have played as well as I did um, at these Olympics, had I been on that team four years ago, because I wasn't in the right state of physical or mental like mental state to actually have an impact or have as big of an impact as I had this year. and um, so as much as it sucked and it was a lot of pain, like I do think that it it fully turned my hockey career around
1: yeah, I think I mean, I think so many things that you're saying are so relatable um... Like I see guys, like it. It's just amazing what like what hockey can do. To, when you you grow up, and all you want to do is play at the highest level possible, for, like for yourself. And then when you get there, it's still like there's still comparison and there's still judgment. And I think like what you're saying, and I love like what you say about like going to coach, because um, I I kind of see similarities with just like community service just getting outside of your own box and seeing maybe what other people are dealing with or um, seeing just like, it's not the end of the world that maybe you're not doing the greatest at that certain time in your, in your life, at your sport or what you, you should be good at. Um, So I I love, I love you saying that because I think it's just so important. And I think that's one thing that I've, it's been hard with COVID, but um, try to get yourself outside and, and sort of see, what other people are dealing with because at the end of the day like looking at hockey it's just a game it's there's there's way bigger things out there um it's just a matter of sorry of sort of seeing that and having that perspective so I love uh, I love that you say that
2: sorry there's some construction going on, so that's <laughs> <why you're laughs> on no worries no, we got
0: editors <laughs> no worries at all um I think I same boat I mean that that reignite of the love for the game. I literally coached a bunch of 11 and 12 year olds, the PEWA team this year. I didn't even want to coach. Like I was just my best friend as the head coach. And he's like, do you want to help out? And I originally was like, I'll come to like one practice a week, you know, like when I'll come push pucks. And like, as soon as I got to the rink and as soon as I met these kids, I mean, just to see the joy again and to see the joy that this game does bring not even kids just people in general I mean it was so profound and I I think I mean even to this day I mean I I received a card from them and it was just like this was the best thing I did this was the best decision for me I I truly believe that like I want to continue to be in the game of hockey because it does bring a lot of good I mean don't get me wrong like I wanted to quit my year in junior before the accident, like I was ready to like, hang it up. And like, I look back and I'm like, obviously I'm glad I didn't, but like, it's crazy the the ups and downs this game brings. And I mean, I, it's to talk about the ups and downs. I mean, you mentioned how, how vital a bunch of your teammates have been and how, I mean, even your your coaches that you coach with now that, that can recognize, you know, when Aaron's, you know, okay, Aaron's having a tough day, you know, like it, it's just, we know what to do now. I think, how much do you, um, I guess, have so much appreciation for the, the teammates now? I mean, as much as maybe you look back to your Clarkson days, I mean, I'm not saying your teammates at Clarkson were, were not great, but I mean, you know, to, to just have this family again, I mean, how, how important has that been for you?
2: It's been huge. Um, and like, I'm closer now with most of my Clarkson teammates than I was when I was in college with them. And I think that's just because I grew up. Um, But like you talk about, I actually mentioned this, it's a little bit off of where you're going kind of ish, but like, like obviously my teammates have made a huge impact, but um, last year we had a camp in January and I came out of like, we were isolated obviously like in our own rooms and didn't eat together, didn't do anything. And like, I was pretty dark coming out of that camp. And I had a call with Gina, who's our GM, um, before we went to our pre-Worlds camp because Worlds was supposed to be in Halifax last year. And I had a conversation with her. Like, I had talked to my therapist and, like, we were trying to figure out some strategies as to how I was going to deal with... Because if I would have made that team, it was going to be eight days of isolation in the hotel. Like, no leaving whatsoever. And that, like, terrified me. So I called Gina and, like, this is the GM of our team. And like my strength coach is like, I don't know if you should tell her. Like I don't, I don't know if you want to have that conversation. I was like, damn, like I I literally won't make it if I don't do it. Um and she was all hands on deck, like whatever you need. So like something as simple as like, I hate seeing an empty bed beside me. So it was like, okay, you're going to get a room with just one bed. Like it was just like simple things like that that she was like, whatever is going to help you actually be okay and not just be okay to like get through but like be okay and like be able to go out on the ice be able to do things and um I so I think just being able to now have those conversations with literally the person who holds my the decisions in her hand like um that was huge but I also think that that's because of the culture that we've created um like there isn't one person on this team this year that I would be like, Oh my God, I don't want to go out for dinner with them. Like I could go out for dinner with every single person and like genuinely enjoy their company. And it was just because we had said the whole year, like be who you are. Like we accept and love each and every person for who you are. And like, I talk about those two rookies that like our first, and they are two of the craziest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and Like if they were on the team four years ago, like somebody would have like, crush them like not acceptable kind of thing and it's like this is who we are now like this is we take every piece of the puzzle and we just put it together and it 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 made our group so much fun to be around like we were a hoop and it was like usually Hockey Canada like I mean I've been around for 12 years now and it's like usually you go in and you're like like walking on like glass like you're just like you don't know and it was just like everything was there wasn't a day that we weren't having a good time. And it's like, that's what made it so much fun. And like, I don't know, just so special to be a part of.
1: Well, that's amazing. I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that stems with like your, like players like you. And then I think the older players, right. You create that culture. And I think, that, I mean, any winning team, like every winning team has that It's so hard to do, but you look at every, every winning team. Like i I just think that's, it's so hard to do, but I give you so much so much props for kind of creating that because um, you're doing a lot of those young young players a favor too, because that's just like kind of how you learn, right? So I think that's awesome.
2: Um, got, one, uh, what,
1: oh yeah, go ahead. I'll go one question. I think it kind of ties into that because you, you sort of talk about opening up to like the people that are in control of your job, general manager yep. and things like that. And I just, one thing that sort of resonated with me was just like, how powerful it is to like opening up to your family. You said you opened up to your mom and your sister. Um, And then you kind of, you you sort of felt like you, you weren't alone after that. And um, you even learned that like anxiety was a part of your family, which maybe created a little bit of ease too.
2: Um,
1: Maybe talk about just like the power of that.
2: I think it's huge. Um, I don't think like people can understand how much, like there's so much terror and fear in like, being perceived as weak and I think that that's one of the best things about all the conversation that is happening around mental health Um, and a lot of it too like there was so much confusion and like I didn't understand anything like I didn't understand why things are happening and it's like having those conversations whether it be with your family or your friends like or your therapist or doctor like Family, okay. I have that conversation with them. They now see why I made me been how I am. I now learn, okay. Well, everybody on my mom's side, like it. The list goes down. Like we joke about it because it's so profound in our family, and it's like we're we're able to joke about it because we're all going through the same thing. Like, and talking to my friends about it it's like okay now they understand what I need now they know how to support me more now I can be a better friend for them and maybe starting that conversation for them like that helps there like and then it goes to like the impact that you can have by like me like when I wrote this article I had no idea what it was going to be like Hockey Canada approached me about it and uh, it was one of our media people because they've known how I have started to talk more and more about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. I'll write it. But I like, I had no idea what I was writing and I didn't think I realized how tough of an article it was actually going to be to put out there. Um, and like my parents read the article and like some of the stuff they didn't even know, like they didn't know how dark it did get for me because that was something I never wanted them to know um but at the same time like the amount of people that i heard from like it was just like it was eye opening to be honest because i was just like i have created a safe space for people and that means more to me than any medal any win any anything in the world it was just being able to create a safe space for people like i still get messages all the time and i'm like i don't know who you are but i appreciate you like taking the time out of your day to say that I've made an impact in some way.
1: Yeah.
0: And you That's should awesome. be fucking proud of yourself, Aaron. <laughs> it was such a good article. And I mean, I, I go back to it. I mean, the vulnerability um, I just, I, I have so much admiration for you. And I mean, we touched on, you know, even I, I want to read this quote. Um, you touched a little bit on, you know, being on your team now and just everybody being able to embrace who they truly are and just be them. I got goosebumps when you said that, cause it, it really does relate me back to my, my team in Humboldt. Uh, I mean, just the culture we had. Um, I mean, if every day was a new day for us and I mean, we were all such different human beings and I'm sure it ties into obviously your management and your coaching staff as well, but just being able to, to figure out, you know, that these are good hockey players, but also just really good people. Um, I think that was the, the best thing was, I mean, we were all just damn good people. And, um, this quote I really loved. I mean, you said, as much as I struggled to choose to be myself and live the real me, I can tell you with so much happiness. Uh, that as a proud LGTBQT member. It is worth it to be yourself and be proud of it. Um, I mean, I remember sitting in the backyard in Belleville um, with everybody jumping in the pool. I mean, we were sitting at the table. Um, and I mean, you always talk about how You know, yes, you're number 23 for the you know the women's Canadian Olympic team, and yes, you're a hockey player, and um, yes, you're a member of the you know the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Um, But for me, I mean, when I met you, it was just a case of, damn, like you're you're great, like you're just like an awesome human being, and I mean, I think that's what that's what was so refreshing is, I mean. I just read this article and obviously I learned so much about you that at that time I had no idea. And I mean, you touched on as well. You never know when somebody needs to just see something. You never know when somebody needs to read something. Um, uh, But I just want to, I honestly just want to talk about, you know, being able to really embrace who you are now. I mean, how fulfilling and how profound is it to now just even going to the Olympic games and just, and not having to, to hide anything from anybody, especially your important core group, your family, your friends, your teammates. I mean, Oh, like, that's just, that just got to be the most amazing thing.
2: It is. It's the most rewarding thing um, to be comfortable with who you are. And then to also be able to show that. Um, And I think for me, like it's taken a lot of years. And I think one of the biggest things is like now that I I'm an Olympic gold medalist, but it's like, okay, I've talked for years and years and years that I'm not just a hockey player and I'm not just an Olympic gold medalist. Like I'm a great dog mom to Henry. I'm a damn good girlfriend. I'm the best sister in the world. I'm a fantastic daughter. And like, those are the things that like, I take so much happiness and pride in. The other stuff is just bonuses. Like I, like now it's like, okay, how can I use, my successes, which I am proud of. It's like, how can I create a more inclusive environment for younger athletes that are like we did a, I was actually lucky enough to be involved with uh, Scotia Bank Rising Teammates, which is a program they have going on where it's like a group of girls that I think they range from like 13 to 16, maybe 14 to 16. So like, they're just kind of going through navigating like the college route, like whatever they're doing. And one of our themes, our weekly themes was um, inclusion and one of my mentees starts opening up to me about stuff and I'm like this this is the moment right now like this is why I'm doing it because she sends me a message afterwards she's like if you ever want to come over for barbecue my dad says like you can bring your girlfriend and like and I'm like like I I love that you feel comfortable at 14 15 because I at that age I'm like I was trying to hide it from everybody else and I'm like you feel comfortable enough to tell me that you accept yourself for who you are at that age and I'm like that is why I'm doing these things and it's like those things mean more to me than than anything and I just like I don't know like I'm so thankful for everything that I've gotten to be a part of but I also know like it's the opportunities are just kind of starting and like now I have a true ability to make an impact for people in their lives because of my diverse background, and it's not—it's not going to be the same as Sarah Nurse's. Her diver, diverse background is in a totally different background than mine, but it's like we still both have an impact on our communities and each other's communities, and that's what I think makes it even more important.
1: That's
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless too. I will too. say, I
1: will, I will say, um, just like I I'll, I guess it's kind of like a thank you and very I think relatable to you is like my sister went through a process I, I think we she would um go by being bisexual but she went she dated a girl for um a good five or six years um so we kind of she had to have those conversations with us um and obviously there's nothing but love and and almost like a lot of happiness that she was open about it and, and everything. But I think just like with a lot of like your story and um, like my wife plays or she played professional soccer and there were a lot of girls that she played with that um, had those conversations too. And I think it was, um, it it gives us something to rally around too, like watching you guys. It's been something for my sister and I to talk about. Um, And she actually came and watched uh, one of the rival. Was it the yeah. rivalry series yeah. in, in yeah. Pittsburgh? Um, and I actually, I played hockey growing up with Brianne Jenner. Yeah, so we know the Jenners really well. And um, she ended up going down after the game and getting to meet some of the players. She might've even met you. I don't I don't know <laughs> if, she, if she did, but she was around. I'm just saying like, just that like feeling of community behind, yep. behind the game that what you guys have done and what you guys have created um, has been meaningful to me and and my family just because it allows you to sort of kind of have that camaraderie around something so um i think that hits on a bit of what you're saying there and um it's been meaningful to me so so thank you
2: thank you oh yes henry's back henry's back (laughs) um
0: okay Uh, let's uh i I, obviously we we got deep there we dived into it and as much as you know this is about speaking your mind and having uh, meaningful conversations i mean um i just want to talk about like you kind of experienced the athletes that you i guess you grew up idolizing um at the centralization in in 2017 but i mean for this 20 2022 team like i mean i was so fortunate to be able to you know it took so long because the package was lost but i was so fortunate to get a a not alone hoodie to poo and like being able to i'm just like this is the coolest thing ever like this is like like i grew up watching sydney crosby and like, she is completely the same. Like, she is like incredible. Um, I guess like being able to be on a team with like these these women that you have grown up like idolizing, like how, I mean, is obviously the 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 theme was to embrace who you are and be who you are. But was there a little bit of, you know, shock being like, wow, I'm making breakout passes to poo right now. And like-
2: <laughs> I'm on the PB unit with poo right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's it's special because like, I, so I first got in the program. I was U18 in 2015. No, no. Oh, oh, 2009. <laughs> that was, I was like, no, not right. I was 15 and, uh, Pooh was on, she would have just made that, uh, Vancouver team and she was shy back then. Like she still is quiet, but like her English was, wasn't good either. And it's just like, you see her day in and day out. And it's just, it's incredible. Like because you never know that she has scored in every Olympic final that she's played in, that she scored the game winning goal. Like it's honestly, like her track record is absurd. Like you can't even write, like you couldn't write a better story about like who and what she accomplishes. And then I think the big one for me and like, obviously poo, but it's, it's Jenner for me because when I was younger, when I first started playing um, in the PWHL, which is the junior league here, Jenner just finished her for her last year with Stony Creek um, and same thing at U18s. And like, she scored the overtime winner at U18s in Canada. Um, no, no, not Canada. somewhere out, Napanee. And I remember seeing that and I was like, Oh my God, this girl, like plays for Stony Creek, she's from Oakville. And Jenner doesn't even know this stuff, but like to now be best friends with Jenner and like her the way she carries herself every day like I just like it's her birthday today and like <laughs> I had to not send the sappiest text to her because like I just like I don't think she understands like all the aspects in life in which I look up to her like I get to work her camp or, sorry her academy every year it's not a camp and like she always calls me like her right a.m. man and it's just like that is an honor to me and then like now to see her as a mom, like, I don't think she understands how much I continue to look up to her, like, as a mom, as a friend, as a teammate. Like, she, she, like, amazes me and, like, it, it makes me emotional to think about because she's such a special person. And, like, everything that she has done in life, like, if I can be half the person that she is, like, I'd be happy with my life.
1: We're giving a good shout out to her. So, hopefully, you know. she's going to listen.
2: Happy birthday, Judy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: We played. We played hockey together. She was better than me until she like because then she left. I don't know exactly what age, but we, I think we, like we we're kind of the only two players. Well, I don't think any of our players, like any of our teammates, ever made it out playing at like a junior level or anything. So, but we played soccer together too. We played like, New Year's Eve parties. So our families were pretty close. And I mean, I I haven't talked to Brie in, in a good amount of time, but. She always had those held those characters back back then too. Came from a great family. Yeah, Dave, Dave and Brenda and I think Graham, her brother, right? Okay. So, um, no, those are kind words.
0: Ah, oh, well, this is. I mean, last question. Like, what's next? Like, what do you got on the docket for the summer? I mean, obviously, it's going to be if the Jays make it. You you got to travel to every game and <laughs> with your girlfriend. And but uh, yeah, what's next?
2: Um, just training. I think like our group will start back up next week. Um, and then I'll be heading to Finland to visit my girlfriend at the end of the month for a little while and then she'll come back a lot of weddings so training weddings Finland and then we head out for camp August 2nd because we have worlds at the end of end of August so um, it's kind of weird like we've never had a worlds in August after the Olympics in February it's a very weird thing but be nice to get back together and like it's going to be I think our camp's like 80 some players so it's going to be a lot it's going to be like nice. we got to wow. start the culture and create that culture again from the ground up well not the ground up because we've got a good one in place but make sure that it's kind of staying that same way
0: yeah well sweet this has been great Aaron I mean I, I can't thank you enough it's been uh like I said it's been a while since we I mean I I know we always at DM every once in a while and uh i'm super proud of you obviously with uh not just the article but the gold medal i mean yeah y- you were you were great <laughs> like even the announcers like i mean everybody it was so nice to see i'm like I- i'm like sitting with my girlfriend i'm like that's Aaron. and i'm like I- yes <laughs> like so i mean uh yeah we can't thank you enough for coming on and 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 you know showing henry and 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 showing who you are and and being able to you know, just uh, once again, embrace who you are. I mean, I have so much admiration for that. And uh, yeah, I think this uh, has been great.
2: Thank you guys.
0: Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Speak Your Mind. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with today's guest. You can stay up to date with new Speak Your Mind content by subscribing to our podcast channel or visiting torchpro.com for more. See you next show and have an awesome rest of your day.